Who doesn't love a payday? Am I right? Well, listen, life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so your payday shouldn't either. And with Earn In, it doesn't have to. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period, so you don't have to wait until your next check comes through. All you do is download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck. Then you access up to $100 a day as you work. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. This app would have been a game changer for me in college when rent was due or I wanted to go out with friends. I felt like I was always waiting for my next check to drop, so this would have been a game changer. EarnIn has over 3.5 million customers and countless reviews about how the app gives customers financial peace of mind, which is really awesome. Download EarnIn today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the EarnIn app, type in couple things under podcast when you sign up. It'll really help the show. Couple things under podcast. EarnIn is a financial technology company, not a bank. Subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Andrew tends to be very friendly. Stop giving me those wow. eyes. I've gotten those eyes like eight times, bro, already. In this you episode. are very friendly, but you're also very oblivious to when uh, someone is into you. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Couple Things. With Sean and Andrew. A podcast all about couples. And the things they go through. Today's topic is brought to you by... You guys. Let's go. Which is boundaries. <laughs> boundaries when it comes to social media. Parents. Divorce. Friends. Kids, work, and communication. That's right. Sean put a ton of effort into today's episode, kind of going through what we have established or try to establish in our life. And uh, you were curious about some of these things, given the fact that we spend a lot of time on social media and uh, share a lot of our experience with the world. It's like, how do we go about this? So <laughs> let us also reiterate, we are not professionals. We do not know the answers to these things. This is just our thoughts, our processes, and what we do within our marriage. So if you are a professional and you are listening to us just shaking your head, please teach us. Put us in the put it in the comments. Tell us your ways because we are always looking for a better way to do things. Yeah, and we're always open to new guests that are thoughtful. Yeah. Um, I do think as we preface this. The goal here is not to mimic our boundaries or our systems. Uh, that shouldn't be how you view this episode, is just hearing how we do it so you can apply it directly to your situation. It's more being thoughtful about your situation, your life, and and uh, what your setup is, and just going through the process of, you know, we would love to spark that conversation with your spouse or with your in-laws or whatever that is um, so that you can figure out what the best setup is for you. Mm -hmm. And before we get into it, if you haven't yet, please subscribe to the show and give it a rating on whatever platform. We are everywhere you can find podcasts, but we also do the video podcast. So if you'd like to see uh, Sean's pretty face and my uh, bruiser that I have right yeah. now, uh, you can go to YouTube and find us there. It's a couple things, but we appreciate all the feedback that we get. And it's the fun part is getting to hear your thoughts along with this. So you ready to jump into this? Let's do it. Let's go. Okay. So all of these different subtopics were also brought to you by you guys. And the first one that people wanted to know about was boundaries in regards to social media. Wow. Yeah. I feel like it's a relevant topic given society <laughs> today. And what are the stats? Just like how many hours do people spend on social media now? I'm not, that's actually not a question. I was going to say, I don't <laughs> have not. that answer. You just, you set I, me up for failure on that I, one. I think it's like two, two and a half, which is bonkers. At least. Yeah, that's, that's I think a, probably more. We should just find the data right here. <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway, so given the fact that people do spend so much time on social media, how do you have healthy relationships with your kids, with your spouse, while trying to balance yeah. all the things in life. I do want to say the boundaries we have currently set on social media, the only boundaries that we have, and I think a lot of these are going to spark new boundaries that we'll put in place, but the only boundaries that we have are, do we have any? On social media? Yeah. Oh, I will say, okay, what? one boundary we've put together. <laughs> <laughs> one boundary we have put together is... We are not allowed to share anything on social media that we haven't like worked out. 
So if we're, if we're in the middle of an argument, if we're in the middle of experiencing the zoo with our family and our daughter and our, our son, or if we're in the moment of a holiday, it has to at least like come after we've experienced it together. It has to be our moment first before it's the world's. Yeah. And that applies for good experiences as well as bad. Yes. So like Sean and I are not going to share arguments that we haven't really resolved or come to an understanding with. Yeah. Uh, with the world, bef- you know, before we're on the same page with that, which is, I feel like important and it's worked for us so far. And I will say we, we set this boundary because we learned from experience that it didn't work doing it the other way. Cause we, yeah, yeah, we, we started out mistakes. sharing things in the moment. We started out asking for opinions and arguments and really kind of incorporating social media into our minute by minute life. And that didn't work. So we, we kind of put that delay, delayed boundary on there. The other boundary we do have, which I forgot about, um, is negative comments. So yeah. we have a, a big rule within our household, which is you do not respond to negative comments because whatever you give more attention to is what you'll get, you'll get more of. And it's kind of that whole kindergarten lesson of be kind to others. What is the lesson? Treat others the way you want to be treated. Wow. It's called the golden rule. And it sounds like you need a reminder. I do. do. (laughs) A couple of things though. First of all, on the note of negative comments, we get asked this a lot in like interviews. Mm -hmm. Like, how do you deal with all the hate when you're a parent? And we honestly are so fortunate that many of you listening, most of you listening are so kind and generous and welcoming and understanding so that like really Sean and I's experience on all the social media apps is really an uplifting, it fun, is. good experience for us. So that is not the case for everybody. I'll say that though. Very true. I do want to bring up though a few questions that people asked and I, I just want to talk this through because okay. we haven't, we haven't talked through these boundaries. What on social media is considered flirting or across the line? What do you mean? Like, like DMing people? Or DMing flirting? is DMing flirting is liking um, a picture that you think is attractive flirting. Like what, what crosses the line on social media, especially because on social media, you're served up so much that is already across the line within like a relationship. Deep. Wow. It really is. Deep. Because in what day and age do you sit and just scroll through booty pictures all day, every day? It's like, we just live in is a, is that what you do with your, that is, that's what I scroll through. <laughs> I just scroll shop. through washboard abs. Uh, um, whoa. I'm kidding. Just pictures of me. Yes, obviously. <laughs> but it just, it, it so brings up the question. Here's where I'll say that we have stumbled into a fortunate situation. I don't have the freedom to, because whatever, we have a following of whatever size. Mm-hmm. And with that following comes expectations. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like Tim Tebow. Like he has to live up to a certain standard because he preaches a certain standard. Which Not is that, great. Yeah, our standard is is way different than, than his. Well, I don't know. That's a topic for a different conversation. But I can't like comment wild things on a girl's post or DM her without like being pretty aware that there'll be con- consequences. Yeah. Have I posted Would wild things? Why to? are you looking at me like that? Would you want to? No, I'm saying there is that check and balance. Though. That is interesting though that you bring that up. Not the... Not the <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> after. No, no, no. No, <laughs> no, no. Hear me out. Totally different thing than you think I'm going to say. It's interesting that you're saying it's almost the golden rule. To a certain extent, social media can also be your accountability partner. Yeah. But it could also be your downfall. And I, I truly think you can lead a certain life and, and, you know, put on a facade, but social media will find you out, man. And I think my, I think we've never voiced this, but our perspective with social media is there's nothing private about it. Like, no, nothing. some people think that me comment, <laughs> like them commenting on a, on a post won't be seen. No, it but you will. should always <laughs> assume that, that someone will see it. Even if your account is private, someone will see it. And someone will screenshot it and save it forever. So we keep things pretty clean. I don't even know if I comment back anything other than emojis. Like uh, we love emojis. Oh my gosh. (laughs) You're wilding (laughs) right now. No, I, uh, I lost my train of thought. So thank you for that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Who doesn't love a payday? Am I right? Well, listen, life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so your payday shouldn't either. And with Earn In, 
it doesn't have to. EarnIn is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period, so you don't have to wait until your next check comes through. All you do is download the EarnIn app and verify your paycheck. Then you access up to $100 a day as you work. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. This app would have been a game changer for me in college when rent was due or I wanted to go out with friends. I felt like I was always waiting for my next check to drop, so this would have been a game changer. EarnIn has over 3.5 million customers and countless reviews about how the app gives customers financial peace of mind, which is really awesome. Download EarnIn today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the EarnIn app, type in a couple things under podcast when you sign up. It'll really help the show. A couple things under podcast. EarnIn is a financial technology company, not a bank. Subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. But no, I was no, hold, on, hold on, I remembered. I was just about to say, I do love commenting. That's like the whole purpose of social media, remember, is like to connect and, and interact and converse with people. Yeah. So I do love responding to comments. I will say I keep it pretty vanilla and like I'm not getting into political discussions or diatribes with people. Mm-hmm. It's like we try to keep it positive. I'm like, hey, this is cute. And then like I'll send back an emoji. Yeah. And that, that's safe. I do think, though, back to the question of what is considered flirting or over the line, that is really, really hard on social media, like I said, because everything is already over the line. I think you truly just have to ask yourself at the end of the day, like, I know I've been asked questions in DMs by, we get a lot of, like, strangers and new people in our DMs, and I will humor a question of, like, hey, how are you? And I can tell immediately within a response what someone's intention is going towards, and if someone's trying to like get my number or whatever it might be, it's like, okay, this is, this is not appropriate. I'm done. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, I think the root issue here is not what, what exact words can I respond with or what can I not respond with? It's more like, is there a foundation of trust? And so Sean and I, and what's your intention? Yeah. And that, that kind of comes with trust. Like yeah. I trust Sean. We have, you're the only relationship I've been in my whole life that I didn't have like not that I had this weird complex or like mistrust, but it was like you interacting with boys. You were the, you were the first female, um, who had a ton of male friends Yeah, that didn't make me uncomfortable in some sense. Like you would have people come to town. Like most of your friends were male. I don't know why still, <laughs> but like that was never an issue for me. And I yeah. feel like it so easily could be. Yeah. But fortunately the way you talk about them to me, it was never like in a giggly, like, yeah. reminiscent nostalgic way it was like yeah it was a good time with so-and-so and it was like okay cool like i there's nothing for me to mistrust so we do have that foundation of trust yeah that carries over into social media where i'm like i don't feel the need to scour all of your dms you know and yeah. that's that's a really fortunate situation but i i do think going back to that it's just it's a matter of intention you can get out of some social media whatever you want but you have to know what your attention is going into it like, if you're looking at booty pictures, you know very clearly why you're looking at booty pictures. Yeah, and if you're also trying to answer the question of, hey, is this f- too flirtatious, then it's probably yeah, the wrong it's probably question too to flirtatious. ask. Yeah. It's like, why are you trying to not be flirtatious? Like, yeah. what are you about right now? Okay, we are really beating the subject down. Um, <laughs> the other, okay, other questions for social media. Who can you follow? We can you follow any- exes? Can you follow opposite sex? Can you... We don't have any guidelines on that. You and I, yeah. I do think that there's a probably an unspoken. Um, no, I don't think so. I also don't spend that much time consuming social media. It's more yeah. of creating for us. Yeah. Uh, do you follow your ex? Let I me, don't. Okay. I, I will say though. Which ex don't you follow? What do you mean? <laughs> All of them. Um, I, I do remember vivid not vividly i remember like i was following my ex for a while while we were dating and probably even married but not even knowing it and i remember like being served up an image and i was like you know what i don't think it's not worth even like looking at because i don't feel like that honors you i really appreciate that that's a handshake i appreciate that about you and i think that goes into what's considered flirting or over the line is like 
how can I honor my husband the best in what I'm consuming? Mm -hmm. And even like on TikTok or whatever, when something gets served up and it's like, oh, should I watch this? Well, it, probably not, you know? Yeah, I guess have high standards for yourself and then that carries over. Like then you won't have to try to beat the standards or hide from the standards of your spouse. Yeah. Is that a fair way to say that? Yeah. And I'm for, I, I feel like we both have that. Yeah. Okay. I've never, this is making me think about interesting things. It is. I, I think it was Jordan Matthews who said, who said that in regards to his NFL career, which was every single day I tried to remind myself like in how I act and how I look and how I'm talking to strangers on the street. I want to always be honoring my spouse. Yeah. And I think that's taken, it takes a long time or it takes time for that to be realized within a relationship because you're like, Oh, you can feel selfish that way. But I think it's such a beautiful perspective to have. Yeah. And I don't view it as like a pressure situation. It's like, this is what's good for me. Like I guess to, at the end of the day, because it's good for my marriage and it's, you know? Yeah. And I remember him saying it with such pride of, this is the standard to which I want to uphold myself. And he had so much pride in saying that was my challenge every day. And I think that was really, it was really beautiful. I, uh, I realized that I, I, I led that conversation with the weird, like you did? there's, you did. <laughs> there's the expectation that I can't do this. <laughs> it's okay. And that, that was the wrong I thing got to it. lead with. I got um, it. Baby. I, let me say this too. We try to keep what we share like as real time and raw as possible, but to Sean's earlier illusion, there's just things that we can't. And it's, it's not good for our family to do that. And so I hope you appreciate the fact that our family is our first priority. Yes. Uh, and then, you know, sharing that story with other people comes somewhere later on down that list. So we do whatever we can to protect our family first. And then, um, yeah. And then that comes later. Okay. Are you looking for a short, educational, and entertaining podcast your kids can listen to while you cook dinner, fold laundry, or just need a few minutes to yourself? Then check out Mysteries About True Histories by Starglow Media. It's so, so cute. I listened to a few episodes, and when it was over, I was like, dang, that was really fun. It's made by the creators of the hit podcast, Who Smarted, and the Netflix show, Brainchild, so these people know what they're doing. As a little background info, every episode follows Max and Molly, who have just been recruited into a secret order of problem solvers on an adventure through time, packed with puzzles, hidden equations, history, and laughs, making learning really cool. The series explores themes like the stories behind math, critical thinking, code breaking, pattern solving, and more. So it's perfect for kids ages six and up. There's a new episode every Thursday, each filled with so much laughter that your kids won't even realize how much they're learning. So tune into Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Next topic. Are you ready to move on? Well, we need you. We got a lot to okay, get through. Okay, great. Okay. Great. You're going down a sentimental <laughs> hole. Parents and in-laws. Something that we were taught mm. by our premarital counselor, which was a perspective that we had never really thought of before, mm. was... It is so important as your spouse. And this takes a lot of time to figure out. And it takes a lot of like transition time to get used to. Mm -hmm. But I remember before we got married and even before we were engaged, you know, like the first person I would talk to or call would be my mom or dad. And they would be like my backboard to everything. And I would vent to them. I would, you know, tell them what I was struggling with. But then when you get engaged and married, our premarital counselor was saying, you need to set up a boundary right now that your backboard is your husband or your spouse. Because when it comes to your parents and in-laws, no matter the issue, no matter if you so strongly disagree, you always need to take your spouse's side before mm, you take your family's. It's crazy. I didn't understand how powerful that was. Me either. Until we've been married longer. And, and we've gone like, through these situations. Yeah. So the thought being, if... I have beef with Sean yes. and I go and tell my Sean or my parents, Hey, you won't believe what Sean did. Mm -hmm. She never does chores or whatever. Mm -hmm. My parents are going to take my side. Always. They will. And then that roots them or pits them against Sean. Like mm -hmm. they'll view Sean as, Oh, she doesn't do, do chores. She's lazy or Which whatever. Only then puts a wedge within your relationship. Yeah. Again, think about 
long term, what's good? <laughs> like, what's a, what is a good thing? Winning that immediate battle or having your parents support your spouse in your marriage? Like, that that was so wildly um, profound to me. And so we mm-hmm. try to tackle issues ourselves. Mm-hmm. And if if we do ask our parents about it, like say your parents see us mm-hmm. fighting, then like you'll not minimize it, but yes. it's like, hey, we're working through this or you'll you'll not throw me under the bus Never. by any means. And Don't, I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, that's that's the boundary there is if it does come to a point where you're you're getting you're talking to outside people with whether it's your parents, your in-laws, your sister, your sibling, your friends, it has to be within it has to be a respectful way to your spouse. It can't be throwing them under the bus. Yeah. Which also brings up the topic of this is a boundary that we have set, but we've had to work on and practice. And I think we still practice it is it's so easy with when you're in like a family setting to take your family side on topics of everything from scheduling, which yeah. for us causes a lot of risks yes. or polit- politics, whatever it is yes. like. And the, the best thing to do, which we're getting more in the practice of is like, Hey, if it's a scheduling thing, mm-hmm. let me talk with Sean. Like Sean and I are going to, can we take five minutes yeah. and work through this and then we'll come back. And it's like, we're literally a unified front is the goal. That's yes. like what we're trying to get to. And because what you also don't ever want to happen within like parents and in-laws is, oh yeah, I agree with my mom and now we, but we don't agree with you. It's never like, it can never be set up to where it's the family against the spouse. And Andrew and I have kind of lived that firsthand, whether it was, I remember there were times where it was about a dog or it was about traditions or food or whatever, where I would feel like an outcast or he would feel like an outcast. And you never want your spouse to feel like that within your family. Yeah. that I mean, there's nothing more isolating than that probably. And it goes back to the belief that like when you get married, your spouse comes before your family and you have to honor that. And that, that takes time. Yeah. And I think, uh, the broader application here too, is even with like friend groups or work groups, whatever, like just be, be really thoughtful and strategic and smart about what information you share with who, not like to deceive anybody, but like generally I'm thinking of gossip, Yeah, gossip within friend groups Mm -hmm. only has the end result of like making someone feel hurt or, or excluded, you know? Mm -hmm. So think about that beyond your spouse and your in-laws and apply that to other things. And I think there's uh, benefits there too. I do think I'm going to skip this one and go to the fringe real quick. Okay. If, if you don't mind. Yeah. The longer we've been married too, I, I don't think though uh, that speak, you, you mentioned venting. I don't think that I am always the right person for you to vent everything to. Correct. Right. Yeah. And so I have in my life, one friend, Ryan, Mm-hmm who I do vent everything to, right? Like, yeah, he's a, my one guy and he as knows. As long as you stay within the boundaries. Yes. And and we, no, Ryan and I have talked about this of, hey, I need you to fight. Like your priority is not me in this. It's the benefit of Sean and I's marriage, right? Or yeah. like whatever, like that is a priority. It's not like this selfish, you're not trying to take my side on everything. But that way, like I'm not whining to you or I'm not, you know, unnecessarily bringing up arguments to you mm-hmm. over venting, I, f- I feel like is a possibility and is a thing. But I do have that outlet for like, gosh, I don't know what to do here. Like freaking. I will say that with an asterisk, you have to be very careful who that friend is and you have to have so much trust in who that, yeah. in, in how they react yeah, because yeah. that friend has the ability to make or break your relationship. Yeah, because friends can also be yes men and like take your side and and you don't want this echo chamber of like, man, I can't believe Sean does this. And then they'll be like, yeah, I can't believe Sean does that. And then that's all you two as friends talk about. Again, that's why setting up like the or like setting the foundation or prefacing that relationship with like, hey, I need you to to know that my marriage takes priority here and not me trying to win this battle. Yeah. Are you good with that? We I guess. Oh, I'm good with that. I didn't know that. I assumed that. Do you have one of those? talk. I actually don't. Huh. I've been very careful about that though. But I will openly admit that I would tend to be more of a gossiper. So my challenge is always if I am venting to someone, it's never in a gossipy way or an angered way or an emotional way, which is my tendency. 
So I think I've removed that like go-to option for myself intentionally. Interesting. Yeah. For me, Ryan is that person where it's like, I can work out. Is this gossip or is this? I think that's good. Okay. I'm glad we talked about that. Me too, baby. I'm sorry. We never had that explicit conversation. It's okay. I Uh, know your relationship (laughs) with him. Um, But that falls within the friends category. You guys have a lot of questions about boundaries and friends. Who can you be friends with and who can you spend solo time with? Are those answers different? We don't spend solo time one-on-one with people of the opposite sex. No. I think I will put an asterisk to that. I think we both used to. Not not a lot, but I think we did. And okay. I think over time, we've both, which brings up another <laughs> question, which is like the who can you be friends with? I think it just kept falling back to, is this honoring my spouse? I don't know. Well, context matters too. I said we will never do that. And it's not like, I think there are work meetings where like Jade and I would sit down in a restaurant. Okay. Does that make you uncomfortable? No, but I, I do remember you used to hang out with solo time with um, <laughs> the opposite. Uh, who? I don't know. I don't even know. Are you typing it in here? Right yeah. Now? <laughs> okay. I think it, I think uh, the context matters a lot. It does. But I bring this up because I think we have both spent time with the opposite sex where we have found out that it made each other uncomfortable. Whether, not because trust was broken, but because it was just kind of like, I just don't know if I like that. And I think over time through communication of that, within this friends category, we have had the boundaries set that there have been friends on both sides that we have both asked each other to maybe step away from. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. And that's, I guess, part of the compromise of marriage. Yeah. And I, I think that goes from outside perspective is everything, but also that that friend might not be, if that friend is affecting the marriage, then, then I don't know if priorities? it's worth it. Yeah. But we... We don't have like limitations on who you can be friends with. Like no. We, I'm friends with tons of girls. You're friends with tons of guys. You're f- like whatever. That It's not just a gender thing either. It's like what are their hobbies or interests? Yeah. Or like what are, you know, what is their career? Whatever it is. Like we don't have any boundaries on that. We actually love having yes. this hodgepodge of, of people. But again, I think it's context. So like we hang out with, I hang out with a bunch of girls, but it's usually in the couple setting where mm-hmm. we'll like do games and like, I don't know. I just think. What good is going to happen of hanging one-on-one solo on a couch at your home when no one else is there? Like nothing. Have you done this? No. (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm getting a hard time. So summary there is our boundary is we really try to respect each other when it comes to friends that if there is a friend setting that we are uncomfortable with, we try to vocalize it and bring it up. Yeah. And the sooner the better too. Just honestly, uh, uh, our one rule in our relationship is transparency. So like, hey, let's have this conversation now. I didn't like how you spent time with so-and-so and and then like, Oh, what made you uncomfortable about that? And I'm sorry. And yeah. like, and then, you know, I want to go straight to this one now okay, because I think it's the same exact thing. Work. Who can you work with? Are there like rules around hours, boundaries there? I think it's the same thing as friends. I think one, you know, your intention Two, if there is someone at work that makes your spouse uncomfortable, you need to talk about that and why, and you need to set boundaries there because that conversation of figuring out what, what about that situation makes your spouse uncomfortable is really a learning opportunity of like, oh, how can I get to know Sean better? Mm -hmm. Like I'll be very transparent with this. We have had people that we've worked with before that I didn't feel comfortable working with (laughs) us. And I voiced it and I was like, you know what? I don't know why, but I just don't think I'm comfortable with them being in our home and spending so much time with you because I think their intention was poor. Yeah. So you just have, you just have to communicate. I appreciate your, uh, your openness with all this stuff. Andrew tends to be very friendly. Stop. 
This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sean and I have been open about our journey with marriage counseling, and it's been really helpful for us. We all carry around different stressors, both big and small, and it's important to sort those out so they don't affect your relationships. I agree. And therapy is such a safe space to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. We've been meeting with a therapist individually and as a couple, and it's been a great way to sort through any stressors in the week and have better communication about how we're feeling, which is hard to do when you're busy with kids. BetterHelp is an incredible option if you're thinking of giving therapy a try. It's all online, so it's convenient and flexible with your schedule. It's also nice that you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, so you make sure it's a good fit for you. We would highly recommend trying it out. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash EastFam today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash EastFam. Give me those wow. eyes. I've gotten those eyes like eight times, bro, already in this You episode. are very friendly, but you're also very oblivious to when uh, someone is into you. Uh, and I remember, oh my gosh, I remember when we were dating, I used to get so mad at you because all these girls would be like talking to you and hitting you up and they'd be like, oh, can I give you my number? And you're like, yeah, totally. And I'm like, why did you just get our number? And you're like, she offered it. I'm like, you're dumb. <laughs> You had somebody propose to you, so that takes the cake. It was a fan. <laughs> okay, we do not have any uh, limitations on the like friends with exes. Sean's actually friends with one of my exes and has found a lot of jokes. She's awesome. Yeah, I'm glad you think that. She's cool. <laughs> but we had to have conversations around that, like, hey, what's this look like? I feel and like you're technically friends with one of my exes. I, I guess so. Yeah. I don't, I, I do think there's like, um, for, first of all, we're fortunate where we've never had like this blow up situation. Really, none of our relationships have ended terribly. Yeah. And so there's this, just it's just maturing process yeah. of like, hey, are we mature enough to handle this situation? Like this person has a lot of good qualities about them and can we deal with that? <laughs> and know? everybody also knows, you know, in your heart and gut that if a relationship is healthy enough after being broken up with that you can be around them or not if you still have any feelings there which is yeah. normal for relationships you can keep feelings for people forever it's just natural yeah. not in like a i wish i was still with them way but if you still have that you have to be very aware of that because that's not fair to your spouse if it's gone it's better i'm a big believer in the statement to know is to love and so like you know you've you've gotten to know this mm -hmm. person and the part of you will love them. Like there's mm -hmm. qualities about them that you love. That's yes. just how it is. But you know, you, you got to mature past that kind of, mm -hmm. and regarding my ex, again, the context, I'm not sitting here texting her or, or DMing her or Facebook messenger. No, like but I am. Sean is. Yeah. Right. And so like when we see each other, it's not like we have inside jokes that yeah. we're sharing. It's like, no, nah, okay. But we do. <laughs> Any, anyway, uh, I do think that we have been strategic with uh, not just people of the opposite sex, but like friends, like mm -hmm. potentially toxic friends of like, hey, mm -hmm. that there's qualities that this person brings out in you mm -hmm. uh, when you spend a lot of time with them that I don't think are good for our marriage or, you know. That is actually a conversation we've had a lot over the years, which yeah. is acknowledging and respecting your spouse when they, so Andrew and I, to give you an example, we'll have this conversation. I'll be like, babe, I, I'm tending to see that you gossip more. Yeah. When you hang out with this friend or you might drink alcohol <laughs> way more when you're with this friend. And we have those conversations a lot. And it's kind of like, are you one strong enough to recognize this and change it when you're in the company of this person? Or if not, we should talk about how this is affecting our marriage and if it's worth hanging out with this person every single day, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And there have been quite a few times, probably a handful of friends on both sides where we've probably taken some distance because it benefits our marriage more. Yeah. What's we, in our company, we have a IDS kind of a breakdown where mm -hmm. we identify, discuss and solve. And I think that applies to the situation mm -hmm. where it's like, Hey, let's identify this issue of, this friend isn't a good influence <laughs> on you. Let's discuss what about it. Like we can um, do or, or why that's the case or can, can I positively impact them, et cetera. And then let's like figure out a solution to that. Like, Hey, you know what? Let's just not 
let's hang with them once a month instead yeah. of once a week or let's not see them at all like whatever yeah. the solution is yeah just i think that's a good framework of like it's almost like instead of putting this sounds harsh to say instead of putting boundaries on us when it comes to friends we've almost put boundaries on friends and we know like this person has full access to our life or this person we should probably keep at arm's arm's length and this person we can tell more things to we kind of have our boundaries set per friend yeah that based off of how it affects us yeah and what what their angle is kind mm-hmm. of but sean and i are huge massive believers in community one of the I guess principles that I, I generally live by is like, if you're trying to make a decision, choose the decision that brings you into closer community. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes that means not hanging out with a certain friend, mm-hmm. which will bring you into closer community with this group of people. Cause you're gossiping less and you're more healthy of a person yourself, et cetera. So mm-hmm. like, it's not that we're isolating ourselves cause that's definitely not the answer. It's like what, again, what's good in the long term? Is this making me a, a more thoughtful, caring, uh, selfless person? What's the quote about your, you're a reflection of you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Yeah. Which really hits home for us. We both look at who are the people we spend the most time with. What did their lives look like? And do we want our lives to look like that? That Next topic, communication. And then we'll save the one for last. A lot of questions here. Oh, okay. Gosh, this happened last (laughs) night. Matter of fact, I've realized the way Sean and I operate what were we talking scheduling literally we're talking about the holidays and (laughs) and it always creates this like we're pissed at each other (laughs) vibe yeah i don't know why no reason so anyway i've realized sean and i don't do well when we're trying like we're discussing something that sparks emotions Mm -hmm. and then there's arguments about those emotions and how can we deal with those while we're in the heat of the moment that does not work well for us so I have tried to be strategic with, okay, Sean did this in this conversation and it, it like made me angry. So I'm not going to bring it up now. I'm not going to like, as we're having this conversation about scheduling, say it freaking pisses me off <laughs> when you do that. I'm going to bring you. it up in a less heated situation where, yeah. cause the goal is to not be angry for me. Right. And so by, I think the best way to accomplish that is not by throwing it in like gasoline on the fire yeah. during this conversation. It's, Hey, we're level headed. We're removed from the situation. Sean, I would like you to do less of this in the future and that will prevent me from being angry. So So taking it outside the realm of the immediate conversation. Zooming out a little bit more. The question was (laughs) when to bring it up and when is it worth a fight? Andrew and I are in just the mud right now of kids where the only time we truly get to talk is at the end of the day, right before we go to bed, which is a terrible mix of just stuff because We argue when we're tired, we argue when we're hungry, and we argue when we feel disconnected with each other, Mm. which is really all three of those come to a head at night. So we always try to talk through everything at night and it never works or not right now, just because we're sleep deprived, usually hangry and haven't seen each other all day. So yes, last night I was doing the same thing. I was being, I was getting frustrated by how you were trying to communicate and I was bringing it up in the moment. And I would say to both of those, you need to know when to bring it up and when you are both in a safe space and is it worth a fight? If you can laugh it off the next morning, no, but that's really hard to see in the moment. We spoke with two uh, therapists from the Gottman Institute, which is like this world renowned marriage counseling group. And they said, Time to bring it up is not when you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. That was their halt, right? Which is pretty much us every night. Hungry, (laughs) angry, lonely, or tired. So like, just be aware. Hey, yeah, I'm, it's, it's a midnight and I feel really angry with Sean, but I should probably just go to bed and not have a 45 minute argument. Is that a little, was that a little job? I will say (laughs) the boundaries we have put on our fighting, which takes practice and we slip up a lot but those are these are like the ones that we've we've vocalized and we have said when we argue these are like markers within our arguments that things are getting heated and we need to take a step back um no cussing at each other Mm -hmm. nothing good happens when that comes out yeah it's just like it just inflames the situation for us but yelling so when your volume goes up 
we always have to take a step back because volume usually for me comes out of frustration of my point isn't being understood. And same with you. Like when we start to, <laughs> when we start to get louder, it's, it's usually a time where we're like, okay, you know, this is, this is, we're crossing a boundary. Passive aggressiveness. So this is where I struggle. That, that, that duo right there. I know. Balancing, hey, I'm going to keep a calm tone, but also <laughs> not be passive aggressive because if I'm talking calmly, I am going to be passive aggressive. That's, yeah. you know what I'm saying? It's like, I, I actually don't know how to argue. Well, I actually so. thought it was, I, not, I'm going to tell you this for the first time. In an argument we had the other day, I almost busted out laughing because again, one of our boundaries is no cussing and you spelled out the word. You were like, what the H-E double hockey sticks. <laughs> and I, I, it took everything in my power not to just bust out laughing and be like, I still think that counts, babe. Mm. Um, the other two things that we have are no finger pointing or try very hard not to finger point. So no, it is your fault. You did this, which is very hard. Yeah. And no leaving. But that doesn't mean no pausing the conversation. Correct. Though. That just means you cannot walk out on the conversation. You cannot turn your back and just leave. Yeah. The other thing, Sean and I try to be precise with our speech. Mm -hmm. So try to use as small mm. of blame as possible. So not words like you always do this or you never do that. We call it's it inaccurate. And it all it does is like creates defensiveness in the other person we've realized. Yeah. So yeah, no blanket statements. And then there's one other, um, oh, the other boundary I think that we set, and this is more on the positive side, is realizing and reminding each other during the fight as often as we can, if we have the perspective to, of like uh, Steve and Linda said, mm -hmm. we're on the same team and we know how this ends, yeah. which is us still married after this, right? Like yeah. sometimes, like now, Sean and I are laughing about the argument we had last night. We were not laughing last night, <laughs> but we're on the other side of it. And that's kind of how a lot of things in life are. It's mm -hmm. like, hey, this freaking sucks right now, but you have an understanding that we'll get through it and yeah. it's going to be fine. We're going to be laughing about this. So kids, I think this is very, very similar to parents and in-laws. Our boundary here, which again, we're working through, we have toddlers we have a toddler and an infant so we don't know how to do this yet but we're, we're practicing as it goes it has to be and this sounds bad but it has to be the parents versus the kid and not one parent and the kid versus the other parent so andrew and i are team and it's us versus them always yeah and that sounds brutal to say. it does us versus them but like yeah and it's right in the, a lot of senses meaning our marriage is priority and also we're on the same page versus mm -hmm. whatever antics are going on with the, with the little ones. It can't ever be, you know, dad said yes, but mom said no, you know, it always has to be a unified team, which is very, very challenging. And we're still figuring out how to navigate that. Cause we both have different opinions as to how to parent in certain ways. But the best thing you can do for your kid is you guys have to be unified in order for it to work. So our boundary there is, it's always us versus them. We don't have like uh, one thing that Sean brought up that I, I think we've tried to practice and it actually has been good for our co conflict is you said, let's try to have conflict in front of our kids so we can show them healthy ways to argue. Yeah. And the result has been us arguing in a healthier way, mm -hmm. ideally. Right. Cause it's like, I don't want Drew seeing me flip out or yeah. like flip chairs or you know whatever not Which that you I, have never done I, <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's like okay i realize now my daughter's watching me and she will adopt my yeah. habits here yeah. so let me gather myself mm -hmm. for everyone knows that finding the perfect t-shirt with like the quality and the fit is near impossible i told you guys that i found skims while i was pregnant and now postpartum i found the best nursing bra known to mankind from Skims. Well, they've outdone themselves again because they now have the perfect t-shirt, especially postpartum with a changing body. I can guarantee you, you won't find a t-shirt like it. I love also that Skims has a fit for everyone from the long t-shirts to the cropped. They truly have like sizes and qualities and styles for every single thing you could want. So the cotton jersey t-shirt is the one that I'm talking about. It is an absolute staple. I feel like I'm reaching for it literally every day, especially nursing with bear. It's breathable and soft, and it somehow gets even softer and still holds its shape 
after every wash. If I could only recommend two of the Skims t-shirts, I would say the cotton jersey t-shirt, which I have in mineral, or the boyfriend t-shirt, literally in any color, are probably my two favorite t-shirts that they make. Shop the Skims t-shirt shop at skims.com. Now available in sizes extra, extra small to 4X. After you place your order, select podcast in the drop-down menu, select couple things to let them know we sent you. Have a good one. Her sometimes. Sometimes that's the motivation I need, right? Mm-hmm. And then we got asked a lot about what do we share regarding our kids on social media Mm -hmm. and what do we not share? So let me say this too. No one has ever done what the current climate allows, which is sharing your kids, your family, your marriage with millions of people. Like no one's done that. So we're not going to sit here and act like we have the answer and we're doing Mm -hmm. it exactly right. And here's the rule book. We're following it. Our attempt and what we're doing is to encourage and uplift families. And we don't know how to make it through this because no one's ever done Mm -hmm. this before. Uh, But we have seen families who have made it through this really, really well and like way stronger because of this. Because what a crazy cool opportunity Mm -hmm. that Sean and I get to work together and like, and you know, spend most of the day together and build something together. There's something really cool about that. But there's also families that we've seen in the space who haven't done it well. So we're trying to just go about it thoughtfully um, in a way that protects our family. And so, again, we're not saying we've we've aced it or crushed it, but we kind of live by this. Well, Drew Holcomb said something profound Mm -hmm. and that the human heart was not made for fame. And so like, you know, we love sharing stories, but as far as like, gathering millions of opinions or millions of likes or dislikes. I don't care how experienced you are. Sean, you've been a professional gymnast since you were 12. You just can't deal with that amount of approval or disapproval Mm -hmm. in a healthy way. So like we, again, that's why we try not to consume that much uh, social media. It's more like we're coming at it from a place of creating and sharing, not like being obsessed with all of the feedback that we get, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And I mean, we're, we're still learning. We, we don't know the effect this is going to have on us in 10 years, the effect it'll have on our children. It's a terrifying, you know, decision to make every single day. But I, I think when it comes to social media, our boundaries there, I almost want to say change with every decision. It's a new conversation with every decision, every post, every situation. It's just something we're still navigating yeah i mean there's some parents like kristen and dax who put smiley faces over their kids faces i saw someone else blur their kids face Mm -hmm. we have decided not to go that route but obviously we're not put like no nudity for our kids Mm -hmm. no like embarrassing moments i think we've tried yeah no um and actually i had to learn from experience on this but like when the child is like uh upset mm-hmm. because of an injury or whatever like an instance that's not for social media no right like we can talk about it after and that's why sean and i have this uh format for our youtube videos where we narrate like we'll sit down after the fact and talk through it because mm-hmm. it takes pressure off from us you know like the vlog style of yeah. hey here's sean crying we've done that a little bit and we've had to had discussions about that but like we obviously want our kids to to be healthy and not embarrassed publicly and and all this stuff so i don't know that was that was a lot but (laughs) we we have a lot of discussions and thoughts about this and yeah we're still working through it yeah that's that's a topic that if you guys have opinions and thoughts please share because again ours changes every single day last boundary okay let's hit it this one comes with so many asterisks and caveats but something that andrew and i were taught by our premarital counselor is how he, his name is Dr. D, but he always said, once you're married and engaged, I think, to never use the D word. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to divorce, it should not be a threat. It should not linger over your heads. It should not be something that you're afraid of because it shouldn't exist within your realm of options and possibilities in a marriage. However, I want to throw in there, that is, that does not mean mentally or physically abusive relationships that does not mean you know anything in the context of unhealthy unsafe that's a good way i think unsafe yeah andrew and i know that we both have the best intentions for each other and as long as we have that 
That is a word we don't use. So we, we've done episodes like with uh, the Gottman Institute, like with the shrink chicks, several of, with these therapists who have talked to us about healthy ways to argue. And, and a lot of it has to do with like this understanding that when you're in an argument, you're, you're being hijacked by your emotions. And yeah. that's what we've talked about before. We're like, you'll look back on this and laugh. And in the moment, you're not the same person as, mm-hmm. as without those emotions. So understanding that saying divorce in the middle of an argument mm-hmm. is just like this emotional response that ups the ante on what's going on. It like throws gas on the fire. And I think the, the well, story, like so much of, arguments is the stories that you tell yourself right and we've talked about that like bringing in the word divorce into the story that you're telling yourself is just not a good perspective to Mm -hmm. be coming from like letting that thought creep into your hijacked mind in the middle of an argument i just think is a dangerous spot Mm -hmm. so that is a boundary we've put on our relationship but i will like i said there are asterisks to that one because any unsafe relationship doesn't fall in that category. Yeah. So on that happy note, <laughs> wow. Uh, you have a joke that we could, t- uh, <laughs> I think we're going to go talk about a lot of these. I'm just sitting here like, Oh, we should talk about this. Yeah, but this is good. And that's what we hope good. is maybe it sparks the conversation. That's, you know, thanks for listening to us for 48 minutes and then, yeah. and then ending on this, this terrible, sad note. It is. Um, Anyway, so if you guys have any other boundaries that you think we should talk about, we should implement, that we're missing, that you guys have within your relationships, please put them in the comments below. Anything that you disagree with, with what we've talked about the past 48 minutes. Yeah. Let's start a conversation here. Babe, well done on this. Thank you Thank for the you. effort here. Yeah. Uh, clearly have more work to go. But <laughs> yes. th- if you made it this far, uh, just go ahead and hit the subscribe button and give the show a rating. Um, we hope you enjoyed it and our goal with this show and with all the content we put out is to tell a compelling story around families and to really make families the thing that people aspire to have, to make families the thing that people desire more than fancy cars or houses or whatever that thing is because we think that families are the most powerful thing. We hope you appreciate that as well. Also, we have been trying to alternate between these solo episodes between just Sean and I and interviews. So stay tuned next week for a wonderful interview. We're excited to share with you. That's all we got. I'm Andrew. I'm Sean. We are the East Fam. Out. All right, real quick for all of those listening out there. We don't ask for a lot of favors, I don't think, babe, do we? No. But we're going to ask you a favor today, all right? If you're listening to Couple Things Podcasts on Apple Podcasts specifically, will you please do us this short, quick favor? We want to make sure you're staying up to date with our show, and Apple's latest iOS update has paused downloads for many listeners. And some of you have expressed our latest episodes aren't being recommended to you on Apple Podcasts anymore. So here's how to make sure you're getting your episode. And again, this is for Apple Podcasts specifically. Open up that podcast app on your iPhone. Search Couple Things and tap Our Shows icon. And then in the top right corner, you might see a plus follow symbol. If you do, tap it to resume following the show. If you get a prompt to, quote, turn on automatic downloads, say yes. That way... You'll get all of the episodes. Thank you so much, guys. We're so glad this update was brought to our attention because we want to make sure we're reaching as many of you as we can. Love y'all, and we really appreciate you doing this.